Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. I think it's important that everybody knows that you're somebody's favorite. Uh, you know, our Cheryl and I, we've been married 41 years. She's my favorite wife that I've ever been married to. And uh, of, all, of all my wives, she's my favorite. And, and, and for those of you that are looking for a, a reason to dismiss me, she's the only one I've ever had. Okay. And so, uh, all right, but she's my, she's my favorite wife. And we have three kids, and they're my favorite kids. I like, I like everybody else's kids, but my kids are my favorite. Uh, and and uh, and then all my three kids are married, and they have, and we have uh, between those three kids, we have seven grandkids, and all of those grandkids are my favorite grandkids. Of all the people in our church who have grandkids, I like their grandkids, but these are my favorite. And it's kind of like church. Or our, we pastor, we're the founding pastors of Lifegate Church, and and I like church. I love the local church, but Lifegate Church is my favorite church because it's my church. All right. But but here and so I think it's important that my grandkids know that I'm their favorite. But I think it's important that you know that you're God's favorite. You know, John seventeen twenty three has this powerful where Jesus said, "Father, you love them as much as you love me." And you know, we get times in our life sometimes where we wonder, you know, have I really let God down? Does God really like me? And Jesus said, "Father, you love them as much as you love me." Now we don't have any problem ever thinking that Jesus is God's favorite. But what, listen to what Jesus said. He said, and so are you. So I want you to just, somebody that you just found their first name, or if you already knew first names, go back and give a high five to somebody and say, you are God's favorite. That's a good day. It's just good to be somebody's favorite. And, it, you know, here's the deal. That really is not based on my performance. That's not based on anything I do, anything I... That's based on God and His love. There's nothing I can do today that's going to make God love me more. There's nothing I can do today that will make God love me less. He has perfect love, it's, and, and it's, it's just an amazing love, and I'm His favorite. I'm always God's favorite. At, at my lowest point in my life, I'm His favorite. When I am thinking I'm knocking it out of the ballpark, I'm His favorite. But I'm always his favorite. And that's a, it's great to have a safe place where I know I'm somebody's favorite. Amen? Because if you ever felt like, you know, going and singing that old song, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm going to go eat worms, fat worms, skinny worms. Y'all, y'all don't know that song? I got a witness over there. All right. I, I'm going to do something real quick that will take a lot of pressure off of me. We used to do these at our church. And they quit doing them because I never filled in the blanks. And it freaks out people like Cheryl who are, she needs her blanks filled in, you know. And, and, and so I never filled in the blanks. So I'm going to fill your blanks in right now, real quickly. We'll be done with that. You'll, all those people can relax. And I don't have to feel like I didn't left anything undone. Okay, here we go. First blank says, Jesus teaches us that happiness, wait a minute, I can't fill in this blank yet. I need you to do something first. Everybody write down real quick your formula for happiness. Everybody, real quick, write down your formula for happiness. What you know? What makes you happy? What What's it going to take to make you happy? What's your formula for happiness? We all have one. We don't want to admit we do. We all have one. You know, if I really make my wife happy, if I really do this, you know, man, things going to be good. If I if I if I check off all these boxes with my wife, then it's going to be good. You know, if I really behave it school and things will be good we have check boxes okay everybody got your formula written down all right let's let's let me fill in your blank now 
Jesus teaches us that happiness is about order, not about needs. And we'll see that in just a second. Jesus teaches us that happiness is about order, not about needs. What I want to talk to you about today is a life in order. You want a free life? Then get a life that's ordered. And I want you, everybody in this room, this should be so encouraging, everybody in this room, you're usually just a small adjustment away from the life God wants you to have. I mean, you really, you think, man, my life is a wreck. As I was praying this week and, and I was, as I was driving over here, the Lord was just showing me a young lady who your husband wants you to quit church. He's just sick of you going to church and, and, and uh, there's a lot of pressure on you and being here today was a choice for you. And the Lord is just going to encourage you today that, that you, just, you just stay in that divine order and he'll bring order to your house. He'll bring order to your house. And, uh, you know, it's just, there is this, and so Jesus teaches us that happiness is about order, not needs. Second blank, there is a divine order that will release divine blessing. Now, I, I, theologically, I think I could prove it, but I mean, just ask you to take me on this one. I believe that what God did, you know, when he, when he talked about the creation, it says he rested from all his works. I don't believe that God is frantically figuring out how to bless us today. I believe that God, that God programmed the computer in those six days and released everything. And, and, and so the software was, was uploaded and all the blessings were released. And, and then all we have to do is, okay, then what is, you know, what's the order that releases the blessing? And what happened because if you look at the creation, what did God do? He brought order out of chaos. You know, the world was in chaos. So you read those in the, in the, in the book of Genesis, and, and it was without form and void. It was chaotic. And then what did God do? He brought order out of chaos. what God always does. You know, one of your core values at Canvas Church is restoration. What is restoration? It's order brought out of chaos. That's all it is. And, and, and so he brought order out of chaos, and then we broke it. And so we live in a broken world. You say, well, why is my life so chaotic? Why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is it that I'm doing my best for God and still bad things happen? Why do I have pain? Why do I have... It's because we live in a broken world. Okay? The, the, the promised land is not a type and shadow of heaven. Crossing over the Jordan is not a type and shadow of leaving this life and going into heaven because in Jordan, they still had kings that had to be conquered. There still had to be, there were wars fought when they crossed over in, it's not a type and shadow. It's not an image of the promised land. It's an image of the saved life. Is that I I step out of lostness into, I cross through that river, through that water baptism into the saved life. And in that life, as long as I'm on this planet, I'm going to have conflict. But it does, and here's the. But here's the thing: even in that chaos, God brings order. All right, and so, and so there is a divine. And what I, if if I can find, okay, what's the divine order that brings divine blessing? The blessing's already released. It's not like God is withholding the blessing. The blessing is released. It's there for you. It's been set in place. His, the Bible says that His blessing is without. He does not withdraw. It is eternal. It's always there. You don't. He doesn't retract his blessing based on your behavior. Okay, it's there. It's released. It's just we've got an enemy who doesn't want us to be blessed. All right. So, and then, and then the third blank it says, and when we put God first, He is able to bring order even out of our chaos. Because I don't know about you, but I, I, I can mess anything up. 
That's why I love the Bible. You know why they call the Bible the Holy Bible? Because they didn't leave anything out. If I were writing stories about, if I were putting together the Bible, I left out all of David's sins. All those heroes, but God doesn't leave anything out. He tells all their mistakes. He tells you everything about them, and it's the Holy Bible. It's the whole story. It's the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and all the truth, and it is the truth. Okay? And so and when we put God first, then God is able to bring order out of our chaos. And in the last blank, Jesus does not ask us, I love this one. Jesus does not ask us to do stuff for him. He asks us to do it with him. I'm going to tell you something. One of the reasons our lives are so frantic, one of the reasons our lives are so chaotic is we're doing a bunch of stuff for Jesus. And he didn't ask you to do anything for him. He asked you to do it with him. And, and, and man, I'm just telling you, that's a way more fun journey. Way more fun. I, I'm going to tell you, one of our core values at our church, I believe it's a core value here too, is this ought to be fun. I didn't say it should. it's not going to be hard, but it ought to be fun. And you got to stop yourself sometimes and ask, if I'm serving God and I'm not having fun, maybe there's some disorder going on here. Maybe there's some things. If my marriage is not a blessing, maybe there's some disorder. If my parenting is not a blessing, if me and my kids are in chaos, I'm just telling you, you're just a little, a lot of times, a little adjustment away from great life. And what I just want to show that to you today. And let's look at, let's look at Matthew chapter Chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And, and, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, that's why, this is Jesus talking. Says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? This is what Jesus is asking us here. You need to examine all this stuff you're giving energy to and ask yourself, is it adding anything to your life? And if it's not adding anything to your, any, anything to your life, then, <laughs> then you need to ask, why am I doing it? Because here's what I want you to get today. When this thing comes of order, Jesus is not asking you to expend more energy. He's not asking you, oh, i got to make room for order now. Jesus is saying, you choose what you give your energy to, and if you'll give your energy to where I direct you, you will expend the same amount of energy and get way bigger return. That you'll find when you, that if you'll just let me order your life and do life with me with the same amount of energy that you're spending on your marriage now, You'll see your marriage go just out of the out of the roof. I mean, you'll just say, Whoa, man, who knew marriage could be this good? We've been married 41 years. And and, and I'm just telling you, it gets better every day. This week in San Diego, I, I mean, I cannot imagine being with a better woman. I mean, we have had so much fun. And I mean, of course, you've got to be pretty bad if you can't have fun in San Diego anyway. I mean, you, you know, you're you're really out of order if you live here and you're struggling. I mean, let's let's get some things. Let's you know, let's get some things in order today, so you can enjoy this place the Lord has given you to live. Woo! Hallelujah! I mean, I'm from Villa Rica, and everybody wants to come to Villa Rica, but the <laughs> but this is a pretty cool place, and uh, and we just love. Listen, I just tell you something. We love Canvas Church. We love pastors being in Katy. I don't see how anybody can't love being in Katy Brinkman. I, I mean, really, I'm just going to have to say. 
if you struggle with loving being Katie Brinkman, you're dysfunctional, you're out of order, and, and I want to pray with you today. Because, you, 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 I mean, you're having brain cramps. There's something going on. They're just lovable people. And you say, well, you're not around them as much as I am. I've been around them quite a bit. We talk pretty regularly in his good times and his bad times. And not once have I ever thought, you're just unlovable. You're just so cute. I just love you so much. <laughs> and I love Canvas Church. And, 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 and I think that Canvas is a great church. If I, were, if I were lived in San Diego, Canvas would be my church. And, uh, and I think it's, as I was praying for you all this week, I believe that Canvas is about to become a city on a hill. I really believe that. I really believe that God has positioned you to be a gatekeeper in this, in this area of the city of San Diego, that, that he's going to make you famous. And, and now that doesn't look like fame the way the world thinks fame. What that means is, is hurting people are going to know your name. Broken people are going to know your name. People in search of the supernatural miracle working power of God are going to know your name. And I was praying for you last night. I'll just tell you, show you what the Lord showed me. He showed me not just supernatural flowing from the leadership. He showed me Canvas being a church where every member is a supernatural minister. That you're going to begin to see great miracles as you just press into God. That you're going to begin to see in your family, among your friends, in your workplaces, in your school. You're going to begin to see God give you great words of knowledge and wisdom. And you're going to follow those up. And You're going to be standing in the grocery cashier line. And God's just going to tell you, hey, this lady is hurting right here. She needs a healing. Ask her about it. And she's going to ask you. And you're going going to say hey i'm a christian you know we pray and, and you mind if i pray for you and very few people are turning you down you know if you and god's gonna work miracles right there in the grocery store line i'm just telling you you ought to you turn on your expectation okay and expect god to do something amazing the supernatural is god's calling card and, and we all in fact this morning somebody came in here and your left shoulder was hurting really bad i mean it was like if you tried to lift your hand and your left shoulder was hurting bad and, and, and the Lord's already healed it. If you'll notice right now, the pain's already gone. There was a sharp pain in there, and it was hurting you. And the Lord's already healed that. He's healing that shoulder. And, and you just receive that and walk in that. I mean, God's a God of miracle work. But God expects Canvas to be a miracle-working church. That's not in my notes. That's just something I felt like the Lord said. And, and so let's go on with what Jesus is saying. He said, man, he said, all these worries adding a single moment to your life. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? This verse always convicts me. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your thought, needs. I think, how many times am I thinking like an unsaved person? How many times am I acting like a pagan and letting things occupy my mind that aren't supposed to be occupying my mind? And then he then he gives us the order: seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Tomorrow's trouble is enough for today, and that. What he's basically, let me just give you the Tony Ashmore paraphrase of that last part. What he's saying is if you'll learn, if you'll learn to trust God with today, you'll find out you can trust him with tomorrow. Do you know 85% of the things we don't, that we worry about never happen? 
I mean, this is proven fact. 85% of the things that we worry about never happen. And yet we spend time. So I want to talk to you today some about this thing about freedom and, and this whole thing about order. I'm going to move this out of the way. And, and, and what I want to show you is, just real quickly, I think it will help you, is that all of us have these arenas of life. All of these circles of life are, are boxes of life. And, and I'm just kind of, you know, there's all, you can define them yourself, but we order our life by which, by those boxes, and we order our life by which one we think is most important. And you can tell your, in, 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 in how you determine your order. Let me just give you a quick, how do you know how you've ordered your life? How do you know? Well, Jesus said, wherever you're investing, there's where, there, there's where your heart is. So where is your, where are you spending most of your time, most of your talent, most of your treasure? You know, like for me, I used to, you know, we don't have checkbooks too much anymore, but used to, you could look at your checkbook and tell what you loved most. And for me, it was Pizza Hut. Uh, but. You know, because they delivered, and so I wrote a lot of checks to Pizza Hut, and, and I'd look at my checkbook and go, man, I'm investing a lot in Pizza Hut. And, and, uh, but you can. You can look. Where are you investing your time? Where are you investing your talent? Where are you investing your treasure? And that, that'll tell you how your life is ordered. It'll tell you how your life is ordered. And so let me just kind of give you some ideas of maybe what our boxes in our life look like. Let's say we have one box that is our leisure time, our hobbies, our leisure time. Uh, and, and so we have that box, and then, and, and then we have another box. That's um, let me let me. That, that's our career, our school, or our ministry. Now I want you to get this. I want you to notice where I put I put ministry. I'm not. Uh, you'll see in a minute. I'm differentiating that for some some reason because this is the one that'll wreck your marriage and burn you out if you don't get the order right on it. Okay. As, is, I'm going to tell you something, ministry has never ruined anybody's marriage. Ministry has never burned anybody. The church has never hurt anybody. People hurt people. And hurting people hurt people. But the church has never let anybody down, used anybody up, or hurt anybody. The church is glorious without spot and blemish. It's the bride of Jesus Christ. It's the hope of the world. People inhabit the church, and therefore, guess what people do? People hurt people. And we let each other down. But the church, the local church, is the hope of the world. You understand? You are planted here as the hope of the world. It's not something we come and just do. It's something we are. All right? But then in that church, we, do, we, have, we have ministry. You know? and, 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 all right, like for me, all right, I'm a pastor. I'm called to be a pastor. And that, so that goes in, in this box with career and, 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 and schooling and ministry. All right? And then... And then we have this other box that's uh, family, friends, those relationships, a relationship box. And, and, and man, in, in every one of these boxes, and I don't have time to go into all of it today, but in every one of these boxes, there's a divine order for that box. Right, there's a divine order for relationships. I, I tell you, one of the biggest stumbling blocks for, for mothers... Is, is that they, where I watch them get their, merit, their, their relationship out of order, is they get kids, and guess who they put first? They put their kids first. That's out of order. First of all, your whole job is to train them up so that they will leave. Your goal is that that guy you're married to does not. Okay? All right? And so, but you watch, and, and he knows when he's no longer first. All right, but now you know what the biggest thing I see guys do? 
They put time with their friends. Their fun time is with other, with other people rather than their wife. With, with their wife, you know what they do? They build a life together. They build a home together. They work together. They pay bills together. And he goes and finds other people to have fun with. She ought to be the person you're having fun with first and foremost. The most fun person in your life needs to be your spouse. Don't just do work with her. It will, it's out of order. Okay, I helped somebody right there. All right. But see, there's divine order to this to this relationship box, and then and then the next box, and I think these boxes I ordered them in the way I think they're important. The next box is church. Oh, I mean, I don't know about that. Shouldn't my family go ahead of church? Well, not biblically, and I'm not going to go into all the about Jesus. Remember when Jesus' family was standing outside the doors and they came to him and they said, your family wants you to come with them. Your family's and Jesus turned around and looked at the house where he was teaching the word. And he said, this is my family. This is my family. And, and if you don't watch it, listen, I remember when we went into ministry, my, our family was one of the biggest things that tried to call us away. You know, it was always trying to get us to make choices. About, well, you know, you're gonna, you're, you know, we got this church saying, well, you know, we're having this family thing. We could have planned that on any other day. Why don't you plan it on Sunday morning? Well, that's a good day for all of us. Well, you know it's not a good day for us. We do we go to church. It's what we do. We're the, the church is the hope of the world. Okay? And, and and so but here's the thing. Let me let me read you this verse. It's a great verse. It's out of the message translation. The message translation. Let's see where did I put it? Ephesians 1 23 says the church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which He speaks and acts, by which He feels everything with His presence. Now, I want you to get that. He said the church is not, you don't fit church into your life. You fit your life into church. He said that's a divine order. You don't fit church. You don't make church of something else that you've got to make room for. He says the church makes room. Let me, let me prove to you how it works. My marriage... Listen, of all these boxes, this one, the church, equips me to be a great husband. It equips me to have better relationships with my friends. It equips me to be a better parent. It equips me to be a more obedient teenager. Everybody wants that one. It equips me to be more financially free. And so that's why God says the church is not peripheral to your life. Your life is peripheral to the church. You don't fit church into your life because here's what you'll do. You'll find yourself that there is no room for it. And so what do I do? Church just gets to be close to the box. There's no room for the box. And, and, and then, well, you know, right now, my, my, getting my body in shape is the most important thing in my life. And so gym is number one. And so all, And so guess what everybody else has to do? They get to fit. They don't get to fit into your life because there's not room for it. They get to be around it, and they bump into you every now and then. But there's no room for it. I need to move this back, don't I? Camera guy's trying to figure it out and getting all these different positions. I'm a tough guy to film. You're doing a good job too. Hello to all you millions who are tuning in. <laughs> the. Uh, all right, so we got that. And then the last box, and it's always funny to me, even people who aren't sold out for God will tell you that the biggest box should be God. So the last box is God. All right, and, and here's what's cool about this. We got 
God, if you, in this order that Jesus gives us, now here's what he's telling you. He's not telling you, I want you to go and create room for God. He's saying, I don't want you to go create more room for God. He's, not, he's saying, hey, I'm not asking you to do more. I'm asking you to look at what you're doing and reorder it. And if you'll reorder it, all of these other things will find their proper place. And instead of worrying about them, they'll just find their place and the blessing will be released. And here's the cool thing about it. God is the only box that's big enough to hold up the church. Okay, when the pastor starts thinking, well, you know, hey, I'm all, it's, I'm, it's all about church, and he takes God's place as the rock that the church is built on, it'll crush you. Okay? But God's the only one who's big enough, whose shoulders are big enough to handle the church. And God and the church are the only one who are big enough to handle my relationships. Notice, now, man, it's stable. And, and, then, and then my relationships fun, flow into my ministry, my career, my school. You see? And then my relationships are built to hold up my hobbies, my leisure, all those other things. And it's stable. Most of our lives are not stable. Because what do we do? We reorder our lives. And we say, well, God's number one. But right now, right now, getting my body in shape is number one. And, and, and then, church... So guess which one's going to give way when you're out of order? Well, you know, my body's number one in my life right now, so are my hobbies. You know, I, I like golf, so golf and hanging out with my buddies is number one right now. And, and so, uh, but man, my relationships are important to me, but right now, babe, I've just got to give attention to my golf game. And which one's going to suffer? My relationships. Because... This one's not built to hold up. If you'll notice, this one's not built to hold up anything. Because this one's all about me. Alright? Is this making sense? And so, all Jesus is saying is, hey, there's a divine order. And if, and if you'll just look at your life, I'm not asking you to expend any more energy. I'm saying direct your energy this way. Put God first. Then put his church. Then put your relationships. Then put your career, your hobby, your ministry. See, because I want to tell you something. My pastoring is not more important than her. The church, if she said to me, choose me or choose the church, I'd say I'm choosing the church. I'm not choosing ministry. You get the difference? But I'm not leaving the church. The visible and the invisible church. The church universal and the local church. And then, all that makes room for my golf game. Does this make sense? Is it helpful? Okay. Here's what I love about this. We live in a broken world. What does God ask me to do? 
He says, hey, quit expending your, Jesus, isn't that what he said? Quit expending all your energy on what you eat, drink, wear, all this stuff. Expend your energy here. And all these things will find their proper place. Now, here's what's cool about it. Even in the midst of chaos, if I will continually spend my energy on putting him first, even when everything else is out of order, you'll look back and you'll have seen God working to bring about order. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. Everybody ever heard of Joseph? Guy with multicolored coat, you know? Remember Joseph's life? Joseph had this dream that he was going to, you know, he was going to be this great guy, you know, and his brothers were even going to bow down to him and, and all this stuff was going to happen. And he, and he shared the dream before his time. It got him in big trouble and they beat him up. They threw him into a pit. They sold him into slavery. They were going to kill him, but they sold him into slavery. He goes into, goes into a foreign country. In a foreign country, he is, he's in, thrown, into prison, he's, uh, thrown into prison. He's accused of rape. He didn't do any of it. He's thrown into prison again. He keeps getting promoted and demoted, promoted and demoted. And, but he just keeps putting God first in the midst of the chaos. you got to get this. The trick of chaos, Pastor Ben said it so beautifully last week, the end game is not messing up your marriage. The end game is messing this relationship with God up. To get you to back off, to not trust God with your tomorrows because you can't trust Him with your today. And, and Joseph just keeps trusting God when everything looks so chaotic. And there's this moment when now Joseph, who's a prisoner of war, is the second in command in the most powerful nation on the earth. A prisoner of war rose up. He's a second in command. His brothers come. They bow down before him. The dream comes to pass in front of him, and he runs out of the room crying. And he didn't run out of the room crying because he was overcome with, oh, the dreams come true. He ran out of the room crying because all of a sudden he saw that 20 years of chaos made sense, that God had not wasted a moment of it, and that God had positioned him to save a nation called Israel, that it would not die, and that all the chaos really meant something. That God turned his chaos into order. Glory to God. Because I'm telling you something, we get in some chaos. But God turns it into order. And here's the cool thing about this kind of life. Ben, will you help me? If you mind just open these boxes up. And let me just show you. Because here's the cool thing about a really ordered life. Open that one up. When my life is in order, my, my church life fits inside of God. My relationship life fits inside of my church life. My career, my ministry, my, my, my schooling fits inside and my hobbies my leisure time all fit there and this ordered life is hidden in Christ the hope of glory Christ in you but listen to what he says listen to this great verse isn't it great yeah give the Lord a hand this is this is the good life is a life hidden in Christ here's a benefit to this life on the outside of this box, in our, in our life, it doesn't say Home Depot, it says God. Right? So Satan, when he comes looking to destroy, what does he see? If I'm hidden in Christ, he doesn't see me. He sees Christ. I've got on the armor of God. He doesn't know who's inside that armor. Is that God or is that Tony? If it's Tony, I got a chance. But if it's God, he always kicks my tail. And so he hesitates 
to start messing with my life so much. Why? Because he's not sure who he's messing with. Life is hidden in Christ. Amen? Now listen to this verse. I'm just, I love this verse. It's in the Psalms, and he's describing this life of order. He said, this is a good life. My heart is glad. My soul is full of joy. And my body is at rest. Who could want for more? You will not abandon me to experience death in the grave or leave me to rot alone. Instead, you direct me on the path that leads to a beautiful life. You order my life. As I walk with you, the pleasures are never ending, and I know true joy and commitment. The team can come on up. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.